0: Heyo, and welcome to another episode of The Volume Knob. The songs that saved your life. This week, Rana and All Night Long. Hey, TVK family, welcome to another episode of the show where every couple of weeks or so I sit down with a lovely and talented individual and ask them to tell me the story of the song that saved your life or their life. It would be weird if they told a story about your life. At any rate, this week, I'm happy to introduce you to another proud New Yorker.
1: My name is Ronna Levy, and I am a retired college professor. And the song that saved my life was Lionel Richie's All Night Long.
0: You know, one of the fun things about Producing audio in your own home is that you get to do it close to home and you get to do it without having to go to a studio. One of the downsides is that being at home, there are things like my dog, Theo, bashing away at everything in my home office slash studio. This is the fifth or sixth attempt I have done to make this take. I wanted to tell you about a few things that are going on live performances in tvk land in the next couple of months on march the 12th that's saturday march 12th i will be appearing as part of confabulation's monthly story series the theme that night is accomplices i'm very excited to be appearing with confabulation again it's the phi center in old montreal so if you're in the montreal area and you want to see great storytelling and also me Um, you can get a ticket. I will be putting a link to the tickets in the show notes for this episode. In addition... I am hoping, and there will be more announcements to this on the mailing list, which you can join by going over to the website, which is www.volumenob.net. You'll be getting the first notices on any of these live events. I'm working on hopefully having a live show in the New York City area this spring, more info on that to come, but one thing that is more or less confirmed is TVK Live in Montreal, on May 13th. And that is also a co-production with the good folks at Confabulation. We're hoping to hold it at Salarosa, which is a rock club here in the city. Uh, More details on that to come in both the newsletter and elsewhere. But if you're in Montreal in May and you want to see storytellers, fantastic storytellers, telling stories about music and a live band to play the songs that saved everyone's life, How cool is that? Keep an eye on the mailing list, which is available, as I said, at the website, www.volumenob.net. Very excited to present that to you and very excited to actually get out and be talking about performing stories live in front of a real audience a lot this spring. Keep an eye out. Okay, so speaking of great stories, I'm really excited to have Rana on the show, not only because she's a talented and experienced storyteller, but also because the story she tells this week is a very universal feeling. And it's one that we don't talk about a whole lot. It's this idea of obliviousness. I think what's really cool about Rana's story is about how there's a realization that's inherent in it That though we are the main character in our lives, we are not always the main character in anyone else's life. In fact, everyone else is the main character in their lives. And sometimes when that realization hits you in a certain way, it can be life-changing. Here's Ronna Levy.
1: the end of a shift, and I look forward to the end of a shift, a long dinner shift, serving Peking duck, plum wine, and Dom Perignon, because the end of a shift means I get to sit at the bar and have my one staff drink with the other waiters. I mean, it's only one staff drink at the end of a long shift, but I get to sit with what I consider now my new family, and I love this restaurant family. Okay, yeah, I've, I've worked in a couple of restaurants before. I've, I stood behind a counter and I slung pizza slices. I worked in a, com, um, a comedy club as a cocktail waitress where I served rum and Coke in the front and did lines of Coke in the back. But this restaurant is different. Like, my coworkers are like my family. You know, we socialize together after work and outside of work. And actually, right now, I need this, this restaurant family. I mean, I have a family back in Boston, but my mother just died. My sister's newly married. My little brother is still in high school. My dad is grieving. And I am in New York City. I am 27, and I am all alone, and I am desperately figuring out my life. And the restaurant life is seductive. You know, it's fast cash, alcohol, and pretty much everyone is filled with dreams of becoming famous and not having to work in a restaurant anymore, like me. I mean, let's face it. Right. I didn't come to New York to be a waitress. I want to act. I want to write. I want to do plays. Well, I've done a couple of plays, and I did some extra work on some soap operas. And once I auditioned for Woody Allen and Mia Farrow, and I got a part in the film Zealot, but then the scene was cut from the movie. So basically, I'm stuck. And I am spectacular at staying stuck. I am so stuck, I don't even know what's going on in the world. Okay, I know Ronald Reagan is president and that he was an actor, and I know that everyone's talking about this HIV-AIDS, but I'm not in the groups that they say are most susceptible. And I know Footloose was a hit movie, but I didn't see it. And I know Lionel Richie's hit song, All Night Long. And All Night Long is definitely our song. It's the song that defines us, that defines my restaurant family.
2: Oh, oh. Well, my friends, the time
1: So okay, we're at the end of a shift and we're at a bar for our one staff drink. And Ricky, He sips a cure, he flashes this big smile with his square white teeth, and he imitates the cranky customers and gossips about all the celebrity customers. And then he ends his monologue, and he throws his head back, and he says, good night, nurse. And then we finish our one-staff drink, and then Ricky leads us to the East Village to the Pyramid Club for more drinks. And then we dance all night long. And then we end at the the 24-hour Odessa for pierogi. I get lost in this family and Ricky is always like, like happy, you know, he's colorful. He's ready to have fun. He's comfortable to work with. I really like hanging out with him. And then it, Christmas Ricky and his wife Sandy they host a family dinner at their East Village apartment becomes this holiday ballroom right they he takes the mattress off of his platform bed and it becomes this holiday table and there's a white tablecloth and champagne and candles and fanned napkins and glasses and streamers and glitter on the table and place guards and then there's a Christmas tree in the corner And we have ham and mashed potatoes and salad and heart rolls and chocolates and espresso with B&B liqueur. I mean, it is a celebration. It's breathtaking. Of course it is. Ricky's an artist. I mean, his dream is to be a fashion designer. And he designs and sews this funky tuxedo that he wears to work on New Year's Eve. And for Valentine's Day, he makes these matching smock-like tops with hearts all over them for him and his wife. And he mends my favorite pants. He sews a black flower patch that goes right on the ass. Anyway, so now after the party, it's two in the morning, and I leave this holiday celebration, and it's snowing outside, and there are like no cars. But I find a taxi and the street is quiet, you know, that kinda that kind of quiet that happens when it snows, like like all the snowflakes absorb any sound. And New York is still. And quiet, and I'm sitting in the taxi, and Lionel Richie sings, "Everyone you meet, they're jamming in the street all night long."
2: Everyone you meet, they're jamming in the street all night long. Yeah, I said. Everyone you meet,
1: who knew this fun might not last? New Year's Day, it's a good day for brunch. Lots of money. And then we get to work New Year's Day, and we find out that Sam was accidentally burned in a fire, and then he dies three days later. And a lot of the staff, man, we are so traumatized and upset, and people start calling out sick, and many nights we're short-staffed, and everybody's cranky. I mean, the, the owner starts yelling. The owner yells at me for not wearing makeup. And then one night I got yelled at because I didn't have a belt in my belt loops. They were empty. I mean, who even looks? So I just got the belt loops and then Ronnie, the the brother of the owner. Well, they start having disagreements the way he manages. I mean, this is just not a good start to 1984. And then by Easter, Ricky's in the hospital. He has cancer. And morale is low again. I mean, we, we hang together. We try to go on and we, we try to bounce back. And then the family, you know, we, we visit Richard whenever we can and we sneak in sandwiches and candy and true to form. Ricky flashes his, his square white teeth. He throws his head back and he says he wants a rare steak and a bottle of burgundy. And with that Ricky flair, he throws open his hospital gown and he shows us his scar. And then he jokes about how when he gets out, he's going to sew up that ugly hospital gown into a tunic. And then soon Ricky can't have any visitors. I call him a couple times because I miss him. I miss him. I miss the fun. I want to hear goodnight nurse. Because this point, it's gotten to where like work is totally no fun anymore. I mean, Jackie moves back to Arizona. Sally quits to marry her boyfriend, Ronnie. The manager, he, he just leaves, right? And the family is falling apart. And then the last time I call Ricky, his speech is slurred. He doesn't know who I am. And then over that summer, I get a new job and look for a new family. So it's the end of the summer. It's August. It's a steamy Monday, and I am on jewelry duty. It's a lunch break, so I go to the Sabrett's cart at the bottom of the courthouse stairs. I'm going to get a hot pretzel and a Diet Coke. And then I see Marilyn, one one of the old restaurant family members. And she walks up to me, and she's puffing her Marlboro Reds, which she always did. And she tells me that Ricky died. And I'm like, I bum a cigarette, and I'm like, okay... What what kind of cancer was it anyway? And she looks at me, and she just shakes her head. Like, no, AIDS. And like, I, my head's gonna explode now, and I'm thinking, AIDS? Like, how did I not know? I, I thought it was cancer. I mean, did everyone know but me? How was i supposed to know what did i miss and then and then i gotta go back into the jury room and 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 my thoughts are spinning you know like like how did i miss everything i didn't put it together i mean i don't know i don't know it never occurred to me and now i am stuck I am stuck in this news, so stuck that I forgot about my plan to wave around this, this radical communist newspaper that someone told me I should bring, because that's a great way not to get picked for a jury. And now I definitely don't want to be a jury, because, because all I want to do is I want to go home. I mean, AIDS? God, I feel so stupid. And then I start thinking, David, the guy who cuts my hair, he got sick. They said it was dementia and they died. And Fred, one of the waiters, his boyfriend, Peter died. And I'm like, wow, it's 1984. I don't understand AIDS. Yeah, I don't understand a lot. I'm saving those pants, Ricky Mended. I don't wear them out and every now and then I put them on and I stand my back to the mirror and I put my hand on that black flower patch on my ass.
0: Hey friend, thanks for listening. The Volume Knob is a periodic exploration of stories about music and the way it makes us feel. As always, it is produced by Semlivan Audio, and it is edited, mixed, written, hosted, sound designed, music curated, etc, 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 by yours truly, my name is Keith Seri. Many thanks to Ronna Levy this week for her time and her vulnerability and her talent. As always, I'd encourage you to get over to the Volume Knob website. That's www.volumenob.net where you will find show notes on this episode. Those show notes this week will include links to Rana's website where you can learn more about her storytelling. They'll also include a little insight into Lionel Richie's All Night Long, which is actually called All Night Long Brackets All Night which is something I didn't know until producing this uh, story this week, which is interesting. This week's show notes will also include a link to get tickets to see me live at the Phi Center next Saturday, which is March 11th. Live storytelling with me telling a story about role models and broken down Buick LeSabres and peach drink. Check it out. Get to the website and get tickets. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Volume Knob newsletter. Finally... Here is Miles, back for the first time in a while after a long uh, illness, with his 30-second review of All Night Long, and an analysis of the different types of parties. Okay, so tell me, what'd you think? It's like, it's party music,
2: but it's not like house party music. It's like birthday party music. (laughs) It's because it's it's happy and it's party, but it's not... It's not particularly loud, but just don't get me wrong. is isn't something that I don't like. I'm not saying, uh grr, be more loud or something. But I'm just saying that, like, it, it's very nice and calm for party, which is nice.
0: It's funny that you think that house party music is less gentle than birthday party music.
2: I don't know. Is do you not think so? Oh, I've just
0: never made the distinction. I don't think you're wrong. I just never made that observation myself.
2: Because house party music is like big, loud, and electronic. Right. The kind of stuff the kind of stuff you have the the one guy from your school who's being paid to act like a DJ but really doesn't know what he's doing is just playing that. I don't know, I've never been to a house party.
0: See you again in two weeks with yet another story about the songs that saved
1: your life.